how to get the best rest of your life while sleeping on your back. What's happening? This is Isai Rodriguez, host of the Daspination Podcast, where I cater to the professional working man, 40 and above, who's looking to make positive changes to his health, lose weight, and become stronger overall through simple lifestyle changes. I'm here to share inspiration, tips, and proven lessons that I've personally learned and lived through in my 40 plus years on this here beautiful blue planet. So today we'll start the discussion off by answering the question, is it better to run on a treadmill or outdoors and then we'll move on to our second segment and talk about how to get the best rest of your life while sleeping on your back and listen your health and fitness goals are easier to achieve than you might think first and foremost it's all about getting your mind straight right from the get-go and so i've got a freebie for you called the 10 daspination mind hacks that'll help you whip your mind into shape so that you can turn around and whip your body into shape that sounds good to you then get on over to podcast.daspination.com explanation.com slash mind hacks right now to get your freebie today and start using these 10 hacks to exercise consistently and create the real and lasting results that you're truly after and that you absolutely deserve that's podcast.daspination.com slash mind hacks again that's podcast.daspination.com slash mind hacks be in the know starting right now also don't forget to rate me on apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening to this episode right now and hit that like button hit that subscribe because if you do then you'll have 10 years of good luck starting from the minute that you smash that like button and you'll also be on your way to living to 100 with that being said let's move into our first segment with healthy conversations Oh yeah, oh yeah. How is everyone out there? I hope you're doing great. I hope you find yourself in great spirits, in great health. I hope your uh, family is blessed. I hope you are feeling blessed. I hope everything is going great. I'm trying to portray, trying to put out some good vibes out there and hoping, uh, you know, hoping that you actually receive those uh, good vibes and that <laughs> we can just keep that good energy that that good energy vibe let's just keep it flowing you know back and forth i give it to you you give it back you know (laughs) but hey what is going on so i'm a little psyched up right now because uh next week uh probably by the time you listen to this episode i will already be in uh vegas (laughs) the lovely las vegas nevada and uh we're gonna be out here me and the wife we're gonna be out here in vegas for a conference a fitness conference and it's gonna be large there's gonna be a whole bunch of business building like from a fitness standpoint like so people in the business uh in the fitness industry they're gonna be out here with you know uh, you're going to have all sorts of, uh, in fact, let me, let me bring up this, let me bring up the website right here. So I have like a little reference. Yeah. So after, I mean, so obviously with all the COVID restrictions, the past two years, this conference has not been held <laughs> for the past two years, you know? So, but, uh, you know, now that we're starting to return back to uh, normal life, you know what I mean? Like after t- a two-year hiatus, if you will, you know, like 
this whole this industry event it's back and it's they're here like they're gonna you know they're gonna they're bringing skills they're bringing inspiration and, and all this stuff uh to everyone in the fitness industry and even though uh i'm not myself like i'm not like a personal trainer or anything like that my wife is so we i like to go and tag along with the uh, on these uh on these events uh because they're you know there's so much information so much good stuff that you know if if you soak it all in and if you take notes if you if you're able to record uh you know uh, different talks and whatnot then you know you get a lot of good information from me a lot of good health information valuable information that is is cutting edge you know what i mean you get reinforcement of fundamental ideas and concepts that sometimes escape <laughs> like sometimes uh you, you forget about you know but they they kind of you, you go over these uh fundamentals and it just kind of solidifies them in your head in your brain so it's a good thing i mean i'm, I'm kind of psyched we're gonna be gone for a couple of days uh next week into the following week and i'm looking to have a really really good time out there in uh vegas so uh who knows take a good look at my face here <laughs> for those of you that see me on video uh you may see me out there in vegas and if you do stop me and say hello <laughs> let me know uh i would love to to chat with you out there on the strip but uh yeah so that's that's what's going on uh, that is what's popping right now uh here at the daspination podcast also here's another little uh, update i've decided to kind of change up the format of the show just a little bit just a tiny bit because uh, i as as the as the podcast is growing and you know i'm meeting people that are listening or, or following the podcast and i'm getting feedback and what the feedback that i'm getting is is leading me to make this change so what i'm what i'm kind of what i'm thinking is rather than having a two segment show as in you know healthy conversations and where i you know have like general discussions general topics that are uh basically being thrown around or tossed around in the in the in the industry in the health and wellness industry uh at the moment so and then following that up with uh mighty man the second segment um uh, what i'm thinking of doing is just having just the one focused segment and then probably at some point down the road i'm thinking of bringing in some guests uh, you know, doctors, nutritionists, um, personal trainers, uh, physical therapists, people like that uh, in the industry, influencers, uh, like just just bring them all in and pick their brain. You know what I mean? Like, wh what is it that they, they're into? What are they all about? How did they get there? Why did they choose what it is that they're doing why is it that they're doing what they're doing you know because if we can pick their brain and we can learn from them how exciting would that be i mean you know what i mean <laughs> and of course we'll make it a little fun you know why not <laughs> so anyway that's what i'm thinking right now i'm i'm thinking of changing it up um to a one segment show and just kind of do away with the 
healthy conversation slash mighty man and we'll just go right into the main course basically of the show um because i've i've noticed that uh, and for me myself because I, i'll talk to people or i'm on a uh, i'm on a board uh you know on, on reddit or something like that let's say and uh yes i do uh <laughs> contribute in other ways uh but uh yeah so i'll be out in uh you know reddit or facebook or whatever different groups and then um you know I, i'll point someone to a to a show and there's a little confusion with the show so that's on me i need to clear that up i need to make it simpler uh easier to understand and i think i believe <laughs> that if we uh if we cut it to one segment um uh, it'll that that will do the trick and as a a side benefit i suppose it kind of makes it easier for me you know because there's a little less preparation uh from my standpoint if i'm preparing a show with one topic versus uh you know two topics you know what i mean so we'll see how this goes i'm th like i have three shows already kind of uh you know laid out so i'm thinking this is the 53rd episode. I'm thinking the 55th <laughs> episode. We're, we're going to change it up. I may uh, change it up earlier than that, like the next episode. We'll see. We will see. But anyway, <laughs> let's get into the meat and potatoes of this show. We're talking about this. We're, we're going into healthy conversations here. And in this week's installment of uh, healthy conversations, we're talking about running on a treadmill or you know versus running outside like running outdoors out in the open you know which is better let me know drop it in the comments hit that like button hit hit that smash that like button let me know what you're what do you think like do you run on a treadmill or do you prefer to run outdoors like where do you stand on this or, or do you not even like to run like let me know because i'm not i'm not sure where you stand on this debate i mean it's been going on for so long and we'll probably continue on to the end of mankind but there's no doubt no question that running is a sport with millions and millions of passionate and knowledgeable people that participate in this uh sport worldwide you know what i mean one major question that most of these runners have their own opinion about is this is like is it be again is it better to run on a treadmill or to run outdoors <laughs> you know <laughs> think about that what do you think drop it in the comments right now let me know uh because there's no denying that you know people who love running on the treadmill love to run right <laughs> and people who love to run outdoors also love to run right no matter which side of the fence they stand on both groups of people love to run but which is better you know <laughs> and it's funny because honestly I, I don't know where i personally stand on this question so people that i that like to run outdoors say they like to do so because they they say that you know treadmill running is monotonous <laughs> and boring you know <laughs> and you know what i can agree with that there are times when I'm on a treadmill and I feel bored as, you know, fuck, <laughs> you know, for lack of better terms. 
In fact, I generally watch an episode or two of, uh, you know, Squid Games or uh, <laughs> The Big Bang Theory, you know, or maybe a movie when I'm on the treadmill or some, you know, personal development. I'll, I'll listen to an episode or two of, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, Rich Dad uh, Radio or something like that, you know. So I can agree with that. You know, it can be uh, boring at times when you're just standing there or, you know, you're not standing there, hopefully on the treadmill. But you know what I mean? Like you're on the treadmill. You're technically not going anywhere, you know, <laughs> and now it, it gets kind of boring, you know, but on the flip side of this argument, you know, the, the treadmill runners say that, you know, they, they, they prefer the treadmill because they like being in a controlled environment. And when, when I think about it, I can also agree with that, too. Think about it at a gym or at home or wherever it is that you're treadmilling it, <laughs> you know, it's nice to have the convenience of. Uh, AC, you know what I mean? The convenience of a water fountain or maybe even, uh, you know, towel service if you have, uh, you know, if you're going to that type of a gym, if it's that fancy of a gym where you go, you know what I mean? Or at home. Uh, it's kind of like people who, who prefer to go camping as a vacation while, you know, others prefer to get away from civilization but in the comfort of a nice hotel room or an Airbnb, you know, something like that. Personally, I'm more of the Airbnb type of guy. Like, I'm, I'm a city boy after, after all, you know. But, but what are some of, the, some of the other pros and cons of treadmill running versus some of the pros and cons of running outdoors, you know? Let, let's talk about that real quick. Let's start, uh, let's start with the treadmill. Uh, one one of the biggest advantages of of using a treadmill is is that it's generally more accessible. You know, since most treadmills are indoors, you can run safely day or night, no matter you know, no matter the weather, and, and it just it just works. You know, you can. There's no uh, there's there's really no excuses as to why you couldn't run the treadmill day night rain shine doesn't matter. This makes running easier for people who exercise at night or live in places with lots of weather changes you know what i mean most treadmill runners love the different functions on a treadmill so you know they'll have different controls for your uh speed and the, the incline level and and even different intervals like it'll jump from high intensity to low intensity to you know like and, and it just kind of varies uh, and, and then set, settings like these, it, it makes it uh, super awesome for people who are recovering from some sort of injury. Like it allows them to uh, make slow and steady progress in, in a more controlled way, in a more controlled environment. Because think about it, if you're coming back from an, uh, an ankle injury and, and you're an outdoor runner, then, then you've got to watch out for things like uneven ground and and slippery sidewalks <laughs> you know and and here's another pro you may not have known you know is is that running on a treadmill may be better for your joints since you know most treadmills have cushioned belts to absorb uh, some of the impact but uh, whereas uh, of the hard ground uh, like sidewalks and rows well uh, not so much right in fact most research shows that Neither form of running causes knee or joint damage. How do you like that? <laughs> it, it does. They say it doesn't cause damage. I think that's the key word right there that, that most people see. Like it doesn't cause major damage. <laughs> 
But, you know, so so some of the cons about treadmill running, what are they? <laughs> really, like, what are the actual cons of running on a treadmill? You know, we went over the pros and uh, what are the cons? You know, what, what are the negative points? We've kind of already mentioned one of them and, and it's the uh, whole stationary thing. The fact that it's fixed in one place. It's not like running outdoors when, when you know, when you're outside, you're basically surrounded by nature, you know? There are potential uh, trees and forests and other beautiful greenery, <laughs> but when you're indoor, uh, treadmill running involves staying in the one place where the treadmill is located, right? No surprise. This can be a little boring for some people. I, I Like I said, I can kind of agree with that, you know, because I've been there. I've been on the treadmill, especially when you're doing it day in and day out, you know, and you're doing it over and over. If you don't hit that routine, if you don't find a way to occupy your mind while you're running, because let's face it, there's really not much to running. You get on the treadmill and you start running, <laughs> you know, but some of these uh some of these more modern treadmills have like screens to simulate an outdoor run and this can make it a, a little better <laughs> you know a, a little more enjoyable but a lot of people say that uh you know it'll never uh, live up to the full outdoor running experience and for obvious reasons right you know here, here's another potential negative point uh many hardcore runners say that there's less of a natural stride, you know, with treadmill running. They say this is because, like, you know, of the limited parameters <laughs> of the treadmill. So basically, they say how treadmills can, they, they restrict you of, of your natural movement. So you can't really get into a nice stride where you're, like, swinging your arms and, and your legs are really opening up and they're bent at the knees. This whole concept or train of thought, it's sort of controversial. Uh, there's a study that was conducted in uh, 2020 that found no significant differences in stride between treadmill and outdoor running. So they actually studied this argument <laughs> and they found that there was really no... I, they, they found slight differences between certain people, but not enough significant uh, differences to say, you know, to rule one way or the other, like yes or no. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> but of all the cons, one of the biggest downsides of uh, treadmill running is the cost. You know what I mean? It, it's <laughs> a lot of people say that it's not about the money, but hey. It is. <laughs> you can use a good quality treadmill at pretty much, think about it, pretty much any gym for about $10 or more per month. You know, there's some gyms that are pretty cheap these days. They're really inexpensive. So having a someplace, somewhere to go to run that treadmill, walk the treadmill or whatever it is you do on the treadmill can cost you potentially as little as $10 a month. Now, if you buy one, now now you're looking at a, a range from hundreds of dollars to thousands of dollars. You know, obviously, depending on the treadmill and what features it comes with, if it 
comes with all these buttons and bells and whistles and lights and you know a touch screen or a regular screen or who knows maybe some like a, a VR headset who knows obviously that is going to affect <laughs> the the price of your treadmill so anyway in my opinion that's the biggest con right there comparing the treadmill versus outdoor running you know running outside is free <laughs> so you can't beat free right there's no way around it <laughs> you know and speaking of uh, you know outside running let's go over some of the pros and cons of running outdoors you know uh, we, we kind of went over the treadmill let's talk about the outdoors you know so first thing <laughs> that most the first thing that most runners say about uh, what they love about the outdoors or why they choose to run outside rather than at the gym on a treadmill is that they just find it way more enjoyable the you know the changing scenery the fresh air the challenge of uneven ground and unlimited options for fun and interesting routes <laughs> for running you know if you're being chased by a dog that's kind of interesting if you ask me <laughs> all of these options are truly motivating you know it, it keeps or, or it gets people wanting to exercise you know now both treadmill and outdoor running bring they do bring health benefits so no matter which one you know which version you choose you know it can lower blood pressure it raises your endurance it uh, even lowers the risk of depression seriously and that last point the lowered risk of depression it seems to be higher for people that run outdoors so people that you know if you're running outdoors you get more of that lowered risk of uh, depression so there you go that might be something you want to think about you know there was a study found that spending at least 30 minutes a week around outdoor greenery <laughs> like parks and forests you know things like that this study said that it could re help reduce rates of depression by seven percent and high blood pressure by nine percent think about that <laughs> not only that but all of the different environmental obstacles that you have to come across when you run outdoors well this can help activate other muscle groups and develop better balance Think about that, like you're outside and you have to dodge other people on the trail. You're jumping over uh, puddles or, or, you know, uneven ground. You know, if, you, if you're on a, if you're in the city, <laughs> you know, like me and you're running through the city, you know, you have to uh, contend with jumping up and down uh, sidewalks and, and dodging cars and traffic and, and things like that, you know? If you're more of a country runner, you have to run, you're running up and down hills, you know, if you're a little bit outside of the city, you know, think about that. All of these different movements, you know, though you may overlook them because they're just part of the run, like they're just kind of part of the activity. These obstacles, these movements, they activate different muscles because you're always changing directions, you're jumping, you're zigzagging, you're shifting your balance. It's all part of athletic training <laughs> you know what I mean and lastly the greatest pro about outdoor running is that it's completely free we just mentioned this you know <laughs> well if you don't include the cost of running shoes and like you know workout gear <laughs> you know but this simple little point makes running more accessible to people of all incomes 
You can't beat that, right? You just, sometimes you can't beat free. Sometimes, you know, they, they say, <laughs> be careful with things that are free. But in this case, you know, you can't beat free, right? So what are some cons then when it comes to outdoor running? Well, let's get right into it. The biggest con really, if you think about it, is simply the weather. <laughs> you know, it's, it's best to run outdoors in... Uh, dry or moderately warm temperatures but what if it's rainy or snowy where you live you know then, then what you know what do you do then you know I mean it's less than ideal and riskier in the rain and in the snow and especially in the extreme heat or cold temperatures so if you live anywhere uh, with those conditions where it rains a lot or it's uh, sunny one day and then the next day it's it's stormy and gray or whatever or maybe it's drizzly or, or it snows a lot or maybe it's really hot or really cold <laughs> then you know you may want to consider the treadmill as an alternative but uh, you know honestly with the right outfit you know the right training and some preparation <laughs> you can run outdoors in pretty much any type of weather you know it really if you prepare yourself properly correctly the right way you know then uh you can pretty much run into any weather you know it's just any it, that's just the way it is you know so for example the, the thing with the whole extreme cold or heat is that be, you know because of the you know the temperature being so hot or so cold oh well you know you have you have more of a chance of becoming dehydrated you know and this is this can potentially be life-threatening if you're not wearing the right type of clothing, you know, or, or if you're, uh, you know, if you're not rehydrating yourself as you go along. So again, preparation, bring that water bottle, bring that sports drink, but have the right outfit for the weather. If it's cold, make sure you're covered up. <laughs> there are outfits for that. If it's really hot, you know, maybe you shouldn't be running outdoors or wait till the cooler part of the day or something like that. You need to be constantly keeping yourself hydrated, you know, whether that be with water or some sports drinks, anything like that, especially again if you're running in extreme hot or cold. <laughs> and I emphasize that cold part cuz people don't realize you don't realize sometimes that even in the cold you can dehydrate. Yes, you can, sir. <laughs> And finally, running at night increases the risk of injury and can potentially be much more dangerous. Uh, you know, if you choose to run at night, make sure you wear some reflective clothing. Again, preparation. If you're running at night, you want something reflective, something that when a car passes by or, you know, it's easy to see you in the dark, you know, and maybe even a headlamp so, you know, to help you see what's in front of you so you're not tripping over anything or running into a skunk <laughs> or so that's a whole nother story that that may come up but uh yeah also let your buddy know where you're going to be running let them know your route let someone know where you're going to be and when you expect to get back home you know better yet find the running buddy and go out there together you want to think about your safety you know there, there's been plenty of news headlines of people being mugged uh, when they go out for a run late at night, you know, but but not only that, like when you're when you run at night, 
there's less light, <laughs> obviously. And if you're running alone down a winding country road or even, you know, a city side uh, road that's just not very well lit, you know, it's going to be easier for you to get hit by a car. And the last thing that you need is to get hit and to have the car speed off. And then you're just left there to fend for yourself with a broken hand that can't dial 911. <laughs> you know what I mean? So when you run with a buddy, or at least let someone know that you're going out for a run and where you're going out for a run and what time you're going to get back, then you'll at least know that if something happens, <laughs> you know, there's a good chance that you'll be okay, you know? So now that we've got all the pros and cons out of the way, which is better for actual weight loss and fat loss, you know? This, this is actually pre pretty simple of an answer. Uh, so I'm just going to lay it out there, you know, the best exercise, uh, for weight loss is exercise that you enjoy. This goes far beyond the running versus walking or running on a treadmill versus running on, uh, outdoors debate. The best exercise for you for weight loss is exercise that you enjoy, <laughs> period. The key to weight loss is burning calories and more specifically, achieving or getting to a calorie deficit. So if you like the treadmill, stick to that. If you like running outdoors, stick with that, <laughs> you know? If you don't like either, then find something that you do like and stick to that, <laughs> you know? Of course, there's a little more that goes into this, but the point is to find something that you like and be consistent with it. There was a time where I wanted to uh, lose some weight and I really didn't have much time for much of anything. And all I did, all I did, like I didn't do anything else. I didn't diet. I, you know, I, maybe I restricted what I ate a bit, but I didn't really do any dieting. All I did was jumped rope and I jumped rope for about anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour, literally every day. <laughs> and let me tell you, it worked. It worked well because I had people coming up to me asking me, you know, what are you doing? Where are you going to the gym? I need to know. And when I told them that all I was doing <laughs> is jumping rope every day, they were like, nah, nah, I can't believe that. I was like, dude, check me out. Look at me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah. But that being said, both treadmill and outdoor running can help you lose weight. And they can do it at a both higher and, and lower intensities. So, uh, but most research points to consistency and enjoyment as the key factors to long-term success. Because here's the thing, it's simply best when you enjoy it and, and could do it long-term. That's when you'll see and get the best results out of your efforts, you know? Choosing which type of running best suits you depends on your budget your environment, and your overall preferences. So if you're not sure which one you like best, then give both formats a good even try. Just lay it out there, try the, the treadmill for a week, try running outdoors for a week, to, you know, like literally, and see which one works best for you. Either way you look at it, running is extremely beneficial for your health and well-being. So whichever format you decide to go with, they, they each have their advantages and disadvantages as we spoke about, <laughs> you know, and whether you choose 
to run outside or on a treadmill, it'll benefit you both physically and mentally, you know? So they, they again, there's pros and cons to each. It's which one works best for you. There's not necessarily one that's better than the other because there's no, there's really no data that I'm aware of that says, yeah, running outdoors is way much better than running on the treadmill and here are the numbers, you know what I mean? Or vice versa, you know? There's no data that shows that running on a treadmill will give you XYZ results faster or better or, you know, like than, than running outdoors, you know? So, but, you know, the bottom line is this, you know, the best, again, the best running for you <laughs> is the type that you enjoy and that you will stick to in the long term. And so, <laughs> the more you know, the better you'll be. And now, with all that said and done, let's switch gears and move on to our second segment with Mighty Man. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I liked that discussion. That was pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, because um, that that debate. I mean, it, it comes, it goes, it, it'll resurface, it goes away, and then you know it, it tends to come back again and again and again. But again, it uh, what works best for you is what you can stick to. You know what you enjoy. What what plan you can put into action that you can continuously do day in, day out, for weeks, for months, for years, well into the future. That's the best routine for you. <laughs> but sometimes you have to experiment a little, like which, like tr uh, like I said, try the treadmill, try the outdoors, which works best for you. I, Me personally, I, I flip-flop, you know, I go back and forth. I like both, that I can see the pros and cons of each, and depending how I'm feeling, I will go with one versus the other if that's, you know, my route. But anyway, that being said, what are we talking about in this week's installment of Mighty Man? <laughs> uh, we're talking about the ever popular topic of sleeping or getting sleep or in this case, how to get the best rest of your life while sleeping on your back. <laughs> so one of the most important things when you're about to go to sleep is comfort. It's a pretty simple concept, I suppose. You know, it's it's the reason why why you do a little tossing and turning in your bed as you settle into, you know, that position that, that you feel is comfortable to you. You know, if you don't find that like that magical spot, then then you'll probably have some issues falling asleep. Um, I, it's almost guaranteed. And, you know, since a lack of sleep or sleep deprivation, as it's called, <laughs> Since this is connected to like, you know, major issues like poor memory retention, lowered immune system, a high blood pressure, and if you're my baby boy, <laughs> then a serious case of the grumpies, you know, then doing your best to sleep well is definitely something you want to take seriously. And even though a lot of your lifestyle choices do impact the potential quality of your snooze session, then it's really not going to matter if your body isn't in a position for sleep that, you know, that feels right for you, you know? So it doesn't matter if you're drinking caffeine before bread, it, it be, before bed. It doesn't matter if you take your time for some truly zen-inducing meditation before bed, you know? None of that matters if your body is not in a comfortable position, period. And so that's why learning how to sleep on your back may actually help you get that much needed sleep 
that you're that you really need that your body so deserves and it's probably craving you know when it comes to popular uh sleep positions if you will you know side sleeping is the most common and i guess you can say that there's three main positions you know there's you're either sleeping on your back uh sleeping on your stomach or uh, on your side and even though side sleeping is the most common it doesn't necessarily mean the same as being the best <laughs> or even the most recommended for that matter you know there are a lot of misconceptions a lot of malformed thoughts around uh you know which sleep position is the best quote unquote there's really no single best sleeping position the, the reality is that uh you know people need to move at night to readjust and re uh, and relieve pressure on the different parts of their body you know side sleeping isn't exactly the most comfortable to maintain throughout the entire night in fact no position is you know that is why you toss and turn you know we still have to adjust ourselves and take the pressure uh you know off the hips and off the knees and shoulders when you're on your side you know so if snoozing in a corpse like position is what fits the bill or you know comfort for you then you know by all means use that as your go-to position for a restful night's sleep but you know just be aware that there can be some consequences when it comes to back sleeping and more specifically when it comes to your breathing <laughs> so especially if you're sleeping with another person uh your, your significant other or whoever that may be uh, one of the biggest problems we have when sleeping on our backs is gravity <laughs> you know so when you sleep on your back gravity pulls everything down your tongue your mandible and all the soft tissues uh you know they're they're all being pulled on by gravity you know and what happens is that this pulling on your body causes a tendency for you to snore it causes more snoring if you don't already snore you know what i mean that's why you'll notice some people sound like a resting bear when they sleep on their back but when they you know if they sleep on their sides then they kind of sound like a baby bear you know <laughs> actually some people only snore or have uh, sleep apnea in that position when sleeping on their back you know and, and actually if you find yourself having trouble with snoring or if you suspect you may be dealing with sleep apnea then i urge you you must check your with a specialist please talk to your doctor and let him or her know and ask them if if they feel that you could benefit from a sleep study you know otherwise with the help of some props and uh, positioning tips you should be able to learn how to sleep on your back with little to no issue and potentially a lot more comfort because again that's the key you know so what can we do to learn how to sleep on our backs and get that rest you know that more restful sleep what is it what can we do you know well what i found is that the biggest part of you know back sleeping that throws people off or why they say it's comfortable for them is uh is their alignment you know we have to make sure we sleep in a position where our backbone is in proper alignment <laughs> or as close to proper alignment as possible that that's probably a better goal as close as possible and now to do this we may need to you know the, the help 
of some tools because <laughs> I like tools. You know, I like to utilize tools as much as I can. And first and foremost, the, the most important tool is a pillow. You'll want to use a pillow that's properly supporting your head and neck and that allows for good alignment of your spine. One of the principles I found was to focus on a natural or neutral spine position. This, this is basically taught to me by, by my uh, chiropractor back in, in DC. A great practice that I highly, highly recommend if you're in the DC area. Unfortunately, I am not, and so I'm in search of a new doctor. But that being said, what he explained to me is that uh, you know you'll want uh, you'll want to find a pillow that can support your head and neck in the right position. Ideally, in a, in corpse pose where you're you know you're if you don't know what that is, you you can Google it and, and you'll see. But it's kind of kind of like if if you were standing up with your arms just straight down by your side think of that position but laying down on your bed you know that's kind of what corpse poses but uh, you know when it comes to your pillow height uh, we don't want to have the neck too far forward you know or too far back or too much side to side till you know like that that means if, if you're sleeping on your back it's better to have a pillow that can keep your head closer to the mattress rather than farther away from it the, the second tip like that that was the first the second is to have your knees supported properly supporting the knees will uh you know help with that whole alignment thing this generally means finding a second pillow <laughs> that you can use to prop up your knees just enough to give your lower back some support because there's this thing here's, here's the thing with this is that uh you know the the lumbar spine has a, a natural curve to it if you haven't noticed already you know this curve go goes flat when your legs are flat, you know, when you're sleeping on your back, your legs naturally tend to be flat and straight, you know. Do you see the problem here? You know, if your legs are straight, then your back will be straight, you know. it's The, the straight legs are technically not good when sleeping on your back. Or better said, they don't help align your back, you know. They don't help maintain that natural curve that, that your back is supposed to have, you know. The way, the way that you can easily fix this, though, is by keeping a slight bend in your knees. <laughs> you know, the way you keep uh, the bend in your knees is to place a pillow or some other comfortable wedge under your knees while you're on your back. That'll give you that uh, just enough support so that your legs aren't like collapsed in and totally straight and it helps that natural arch in your back. So they sell like, uh, you know, these uh, half pillows basically that they, they simply for that purpose uh, to prop underneath your knees but you know you don't necessarily need a special pillow just for this purpose you know basically any pillow will work really as long as it uh, it gives you just a gentle lift you don't want it you know you don't want your legs totally lifted up in the air you just want uh, your knees supported a bit so that they're not totally straight you know that's what we're looking for and, and it can make a world a difference trust me and uh yeah so there you go so the third tool or hack <laughs> if you want to call it that you know is that you can use to uh that you can use to get a better night's sleep when sleeping on your back is a special belt that gently reminds you to turn over on your side so wait we're talking about sleeping on your back right <laughs> yeah we are Hear me out here, though. So if, if you're if you're like me, then then you you can easily fall asleep on your back. But most likely, 
you can't sleep like that the entire night. Uh, I recently found that uh, Philips, the, the company Philips, has like a smart belt of some sort that you can wear that, that'll sense when you're snoring and it reminds you to turn over onto your side. <laughs> so if you're open to sleeping on your side, but you know, being on your back helps you fall asleep, then you might wanna try something like this. It can, you know, it can push you in the right direction or, or gently nudge you <laughs> for a, you know, silent night, you know? But uh, if you remember, one of the main effects of sleeping on your back is snoring. Uh, the, again, the gravity pulls on everything, including your tongue, and then that leads to you snoring. And this is where like an anti-snoring device like this uh, Philips belt that I'm talking about, this is where this can help you. It's called the um, the Philips Smart Sleep. There you go. For for anyone who's wondering, uh, uh, reach out to me and I'll, and I'll get you that uh, information uh, if you're interested. But uh, and so I mean, basically, it allows you to fall asleep in your favorite position, and then it uses like adaptive vibrations, is what they call it, and these sensors to get you to sleep on your side. So it kind of reminds you to move over. <laughs> I guess it's kind of like someone elbowing you to kind of you know, get on your side or something like that, you know, and there are other devices you can look into if your sleep is really deeply disturbed, you know, <laughs> again, I suggest start with a, a, a sleep study and then going from there. But obviously, you should talk to your doctor to see what works best for you, you know. So, you know, but that being said, a few more things to consider when uh, attempting to develop a better sleep pattern is to not force it literally take it in stride, you know? So whether you're trying to learn how to sleep on your back, your side, your stomach, whatever, you know, just remember, take it easy, you know, as my father would say. So, or better said, be easy with your transition into a new sleep position, you know? We typically don't stay stationary when, when sleeping at all, you know, that it's just the way we're engineered as human beings, you know, and some of us move a lot more than others, but you know, that, that's just, again, that's just the way it is. In fact, on average, uh, we tend to move between 11 to 45 times during an eight hour span. So if you're getting like your full eight hours then you're you're gonna be turning, tossing and turning or adjusting yourself at least uh, 11 times all the way up to maybe 45 times. Think about that, you know? So if you doze off in a, like a pancake style where you just all splayed out, you know? You won't necessarily stay that way the whole night anyway, you know, but, you know, so be mindful of uh, what your body is saying. What, 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 I mean, like, what is it telling you? Pay attention to it. So if you're, if you're experiencing aches and pains, or maybe you're, you know, your snoring is keeping your partner awake all night and you just happen to wake up as she's about to smother you with her pillow. <laughs> oh, wait, did I say that out loud? <laughs> I am joking for the record. Uh, no, but seriously, if you're keeping your partner up at night, then it might be worth uh, switching up your sleep position. You know, try a new position. Try a few more pillows. Try, you know, going to the doctor and requesting a sleep study. But what, whatever you do, don't worry if you don't adapt to a new position right away. It'll take a little time. You know, your body needs to adjust and, and get used to that new position. You know, and I, I think that expectation setting is key when you're trying to try something new, you know, especially something as fundamental 
as a sleeping position something that uh you know like like sleep will be like a new endeavor every single night when you're trying to switch it up you know so it's worth setting the right expectations for yourself right off the bat you know it might it might be a little challenging but you know what's life without a little challenge right <laughs> take it in stride be easy set expectations keep an old uh keep an open mind and just give it a try you know getting to the bottom of your sleep problems is is super super important to your health so it's worth putting in the effort you know what i mean and so, with all that said and done, that's it, you guys. That's my show for today. I hope you found some valuable information here. And if nothing else, I hope I've entertained you for a few minutes and was able to bring you a little manly sunshine to your day. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to listen to me. It's very much appreciated. On next week's episode, we'll be talking about how to maximize your muscle gains. So, fellas, <laughs> if you're looking to find out how much muscle you can put on in a month, next week's episode is for you. And look, your health and fitness goals are easier to achieve than you might think. First and foremost, it's all about getting your mind straight right from the get-go. And so I've got a freebie for you called the 10 Daspination My Hacks that'll help you whip your mind into shape so that you can turn around and whip your body into shape. Does that sound good to you? Then head on over to podcast.daspination.com slash mindhacks to get your freebie today and start using these 10 hacks to exercise consistently and create the real and lasting results that you're truly after. After and that you absolutely deserve. That's podcast.daspination.com slash mindhacks. Again, that's podcast.daspination.com slash mindhacks. Be in the know starting right now. Also, don't forget to rate me on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening to this episode right now. Hit that like, hit that subscribe, because if you do, then you'll be blessed with 10 years of good luck starting from the minute that you hit that like button. <laughs> and you'll also be on your way to living to 100. Till our next chat, take Take care now. Bye.